Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Daniela Rodriguez joins us today, a real estate agent here in Waco on Mosaic, the stories of real estate, and you will love this episode. It is such a breath of fresh air to listen to her talk about her real estate business, her investing business with her fiance, and how she really walks the talk in the community here in Waco. So join us for another great episode of Mosaic, the stories of real estate. Welcome to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. This is Mike Nelson, CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage brokerage company headquartered in Texas, Colorado, and Florida. As always, coming to you from the beautiful Rogue Media Network Studios, high atop the historic Alco building in beautiful downtown Waco. And we are in our Perspectives of the Present series, kind of the corollary to our perspectives from the past and I always say this in the front end of the episodes because I always believe it, but it's going to get redundant. I am super excited today. We have got a really interesting guest with us, and I think everybody's going to enjoy this. We're sitting here with Daniela Rodriguez of Turner Brothers Real Estate here in Waco, Texas. Say hello, Daniela. Well, hi, Mike, and hi, everybody else. I'm it, also very excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how long? first, let's start from the obvious. How long have you been in real estate and and what are you doing right now just in terms of just the bricks and mortar of selling real estate? Sure. So technically, I've been in real estate a, a little over a decade, but I yeah. worked in um, on the marketing and, re- and directing side back in Dallas uh, for a large commercial real estate interior design firm. So I learned a lot about commercial real estate by working with clients there. And um, my fiance owns Waco First Home Buyers here. And, oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, we started, um, I started helping with those flips from Dallas and we decided at one point that we were going to move to Waco and COVID hit. Ah. And I finally had the opportunity in time to get my real estate license. So I actually got my real estate license in 2020. So so he is your uh, fiance a broker or is he a licensed real estate agent, I imagine? He is neither. He is just an investor. He's just an investor. So just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so wait a minute. So we've got a real estate agent and an investor in the same roof. Correct. Yeah. What kind of crazy is that going to be? Oh, we see all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, say his name of his company again. It was Waco. So it's Waco First Home Buyers. Okay. And what, what's the specialty there? So he's an investor. Kind of what, what's he doing? I'm interested in that. So single family homes for the most part. Okay. And it's about taking homes that are in disrepair and fixing them and making them part of the community again. Oh, wonderful. So there's a big cultural community kind of aspect component to that, I'm assuming. For both of us. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. So, so you were in Dallas. But that's not really, you're not from Dallas, are you? And <laughs> no. I, this is what I love. This is the story I love. Where were you born? So I was born in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, yeah. 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 So primary language is Spanish. Um, I lived up in the mountains and on a farm. So I'm a farm girl from a, a cattle ranch. Oh, wow. Um, we did, co- the, I like to call it the three C's and it's not the ones you would think. It's yeah. cotton, corn, and um, <laughs> yes. 
I, I have no idea. I'm cows. <laughs> cotton, corn, and cows. Yeah, okay, most people yeah. like to guess a couple of other Cs. So how does that play out? Cotton, corn, and cattle or yep. cows. How big was this ranch? It was pretty big. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very large. It was. It's a family ranch, so my, my dad inherited it, and, and that's where I grew up. So um, right on the side of the Magdalena River. Um, oh, wow. at the bottom of the foothills of the mountains of Bogota. Now, is your family still in Colombia? So my dad still is. Yeah. He owns a small eco-resort on the coast now near a, a, a town called Santa Marta. What is an eco-resort? So an eco-resort is when you are near a piece of land that the government has said is a national park. Okay. Um, okay. Which we are near something called the Parque Tairona, which is a gorgeous national park. Sure. Um, so my father um, had some family land there as well, and they were um, also using it as agriculture, but it became an issue. Um, but we started seeing a lot more tourism go to that side of town okay. because of this park. And so yeah. they decided, well, let's start building and letting people stay on our land. And that turned into building an eco-resort. And so it's smaller. Um, it's bio um, safe. So you're doing water and different types of building in the way that the state has asked. Yeah. And, um, and then now, and it's part real estate as well, because you're, you're renting and you're doing short term rentals and you're doing kind of a resort hotel style. So where are most of the people, the guests coming from? Are they coming from outside of Columbia? Is it mostly Colombians going to the resort? What, what does that look like? So it's surprisingly a lot of Europeans, ah, um, a lot, a lot of Europeans. And then we are seeing a lot of uh, people from the United States and Canada coming now. Yeah. So you are actually seeing a lot of different people going to Colombia now that you've had a government that's allowing for a little bit more safety in those tourism sure. areas. Sure. And, and, and how long would I stay at this resort? Is, is it a week? Is it months, years? People come and stay a month. People can come and stay a week. People usually do a shorter stint there, okay. go visit the park, and then go further up into the Andes where the deserts are, and ah. um, and then maybe go to one of the big cities because it's not a very big place. And so you can probably get there and tour it in three days, but I wouldn't recommend it. And, and how often do you get to go visit and be with your family in Colombia? I try my best to go once a year. Once a year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... You grew up in Colombia. Give me a time frame, an age kind of range when you decided to come in, into the United States. And did you come originally to Texas or did you go elsewhere first? So in 1995, my mom, who is a veteran of the United States Marines. Oh, um, I love the Marines. <laughs> thank you. Too. Thank you for your service. Yes, and thank I, you. I appreciate her service so, every yeah. single day for sure. And yeah, so she is actually Marines. originally from El Paso. Oh, wow. Yep. And so my uh, grandparents were in the Peace Corps. They randomly ended up in Colombia and my parents met when they were kids and um, things got really dangerous in Colombia while sure. we were getting it. Yep. I was born in 1988, which was the year Pablo Escobar got yep. shot yep. three blocks from my grandmother's home. Yep. <laughs> so yep. she decided it was time to move us back here. And her parents happened to be living in Plano, Texas, which is near Dallas. Um, and that's where I spent the rest of my life. So your father owns an eco resort and your mother is a Marine. Yep. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you can't tell me that's not interesting. It is. So, so you're, you're eight years old, you're in the United States in Plano. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Okay. And what, what's going on? I mean, I, I, you're going to school. Yeah. Learning English, um, straight oh, okay. into an ESOL program. Yeah. So I did, I knew enough to like my seeing Mary had a little lamb, but, um, yeah. needed to learn how to read and write. And so in third grade, I learned English and it took a little while. Yeah. Um, I yeah. probably got it out of ESOL by sixth grade. Okay. And then um, was in sports. I, I'm pretty tall. I'm very tall for a Latina. I'm five foot ten, and so yep. um, okay. I played basketball and ran track, and um, was pretty good at school. And 
thought I was going to study psychology and tried and decided that well, was you're a real estate agent. Come on. What's the difference? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're already doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I've taken a lot. I worked in at Northwestern Mutual in the finance industry for oh, a little interesting. while. Interesting. Okay. Um, also decided that wasn't for me. Um, I worked there for five years, which um, learned a lot and took a lot of what I learned there and went to Herman Miller, which was the, the next company that I worked for yep. in Dallas, which is that interiors firm. Yeah. So connect the dots. So you're in the United States with a super interesting family and you decide real estate. When did you start getting interested in real estate? How, what, what's, how, how do these dots start to connect as you, as you get older? So I think about it. I think curiosity was always there because I liked yeah. homes and I liked interior design. Um, and then I just never did it. And I really, it was, I wanted to start a career that where I could work for myself. I realized that I developed these skills where I was working for somebody else and I was making them a lot more money than yeah. what I felt that I deserved. And I think I, you know, I, I'm in my mid thirties and yeah. decided, I think I, I have the capacity to do this for myself and to run my own calendars and to, you know, do the things that I want to do. A lot of what happened in Dallas was that I got to be a huge part of the community and started meeting and connecting with CEOs of major companies. And sure. so I realized that just my networking style was going to work for real estate. And as I started meeting people here in Waco with my husband, with my fiance, not just husband, yeah. but um, we started meeting people from Turner Brothers. Um, they happen to be, have been friends with Stinson for a really long time. Okay. And so I started asking questions and they were like, just try this. I think we'll, you'll be good at it. And so I finally listened to somebody else. And um, that's when I got my real estate license and realized this is super interesting. And there's always going to be these ups and downs in the market. And there's always going to be families to be helped yep. and small businesses to be helped. And then just Waco is kind of what finally tied it all together was that this was a community where I, where I could really do some help. Yeah. And yeah. so that's really kind of where I ended up going. I've worked part time for a year or in real estate here and had my full time job in Dallas. And so I finally realized I, I have to come in and jump, jump into the deep end if I'm going to really commit to this. And, and I finally decided that to, to do that about six months after. I yeah. So when you say you wanted to come into the community and do some help. I know a little bit about, about your background, but I don't know a lot. I think uh, the way a lot of people are going to hear that and what you mean by helping in the community are probably different things. So when, so when I say you're helping in the community, talk to me about that. What, how did, what does it look like for Daniela to be helping in the community? Sure. So yeah. I think it's really important to integrate yourself wherever you are. And by yeah. integrate, I mean like get to know the people that live in your town and yep. the different types of people that live in your town and the gorgeous tra tapestry of – I mean, I've gotten the very, very big um, – I would call it a privilege to live in very many different places and have realized how well, awesome Well, you started in Columbia, <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I feel like anywhere you go, there's all of these wonderful things, but you have to go find those things. And when I moved here, it was the middle of COVID, and I didn't know many people. I think I probably knew six people that I loved, and they were wonderful, but I was like, well, who else is out here? Yeah. And one of the people that I met at the first event that we got to go to as COVID was lifting was a Cattle Barons event, and I met Fiona Bond, who happens to be the creative Waco board you know, president. And yeah. so, and she's running that, this wonderful organization that actually happened to be very correlated with my love of art and um, theater and music. And so we ended up in a corner talking for, you know, 40 minutes about how excited I was to be here. And immediately the next week I got a phone call from her asking, you know, have I ever been on a board? <laughs> we need somebody that's had, had, had you ever been on a board? Not really, not, not really. in this okay. capacity. Okay. Um, I had helped. I'd been on many different uh, organizations to help in Dallas, but I was never really in a board position sure um they were looking for somebody of color they were looking for a woman and they were and and she was and we got along so well and i understood their mission so well that 
we decided it was a great fit. And so, you know, the more and more I started meeting other people, and then I started getting involved in more boards. So Hispanic Leaders Network and the Hispanic Chamber were also just places that I wanted to be because I am Latina. Yeah. And I just wanted to meet other like-minded individuals, hardworking leaders that wanted to help our people grow and expand and make this town, you know, make it as great as it possibly can be from all aspects. Sure. And so I wanted to find connectors and I wanted to make sure that I was meeting people from East Waco, from South Waco, you know, from Old Waco. And so... Then I just started finding other wonderful nonprofit organizations to get involved with. And so now I'm on three boards. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, okay, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm not taking notes. I need to because I'm trying to, I'm mentally thinking, okay, I want to hear more about these boards. But now you've exhausted my capacity to remember how many it's, you're on. It's too much. It's too much. And so, it's been wonderful. So wait a minute. So it's art. Art. It's Hispanic. Yep. Right. And I know you've got some Special Olympics in your background? I do, I do. So I actually have a huge heart for special needs community. And uh, my grandmother was a special needs teacher until I, you know, until she couldn't teach anymore. Right. Um, and right. so, and there's something really special about someone who sees the world a little bit differently. Absolutely. And um, I wanted to make sure that I got involved with that community here because I had been very involved with my community in Dallas. And so we actually have now gotten involved with um, a company, well, a nonprofit called Shepherd's Heart. Yeah. And they actually work with um, special needs adults to try to house them. So this kind of brings together this real estate knowledge that I've got and this love for the special needs community and also a way for us to make people independent in a way and in a world that maybe doesn't make it as simple for them to do that. And yeah. so I think that's part of my mission in every community that we work with is that we want to just make sure people have knowledge and that they know that they have allies in this community in general. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how, so you're really connected in Dallas. You come down here. You've been here, is it three years? Yes, do I have that? Okay. So I got that right. So you're here three years. You're in the Hispanic uh, le Leadership Network. What does your day look like right now? I mean, it, this is such a non-traditional uh, kind of workflow. Right. You know, it, you're clearly not nine to five. No, no. I'm basically 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> and we knew that. Uh, yeah. Simpson and I don't have kids and we're we're busy bodies. It's hard for us to, you know, not be. And so we just stay busy. We wake up, we get moving, we work, and then we fill in with all kinds of different nonprofit events. We work a lot with the Baylor community. Um, we work a lot with South Waco Rec Center. Um, I was just at KWTX celebrating and helping with um, a Dia de los Muertos parade that we're having this Saturday. Uh, there's homecoming parade before that. Um, so my day is full of whatever is needed. And then I also went out and put out a sign and we're working on some inspections for some homes. And so what's really wonderful about the real estate world and what's great now about having your computer and being able to work from anywhere is that I have every capacity to get everything that I want done anywhere. Yeah. And so that's what we do. And then if I go home and I still need to finish some work, we do. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's kind of, my day is very different day in and day out, which is another thing that I super enjoy. Along with that, I get to pick my priorities throughout the day. Um, October is a very busy month sure. with Hispanic Heritage Month. And so um, there's some months that are busier than others. And I also take advantage of dips in the market, right? So I thought it was going to be a slow October. It actually hasn't, which is amazing for us. We had more houses on the market and we're seeing more buyers come out. So I think maybe the weather helped. <laughs> maybe not 108 degrees outside might have helped. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we keep, we keep busy, but that's part of what we love. And so... Could you work nine to five in a corporation? I mean, I did, but even at my old job, I never... I mean, I was out at night networking. We were at events. And, and that was part of how I realized that I liked this 
this work, this community yeah. work was that my last job gave me every opportunity to be, to bring in every charity that I wanted. We worked with the boys and girls club to do Christmas events. Um, and I realized how much I loved doing that. And then I was like, well, how can I actually help these people that we're serving at the same time as my job's happening? So, it, so is, can I, is it fair for me to say that you're really, your passion in Waco right now is the Hispanic community. Am I accurate or is that overstated? I mean, I would say that it's absolutely one of my passions, but I okay. think in general, anybody who's underserved in any community is is my passion. Anybody who needs education or doesn't feel like this is where they belong, they do. Sure. And so that's just kind of where where my love of helping people comes from is that they that I think that everybody deserves to feel like their home's their home and that they're represented here. Yeah. So explore that. I want to explore that a little bit. From your perspective, you're in the community, you're on the streets, you're really trying to serve the underserved. Um, you know, where I'm going with this question, I'm trying to stall so I don't put you totally on the spot. But um, what what if you were going to say one, you know, one or two things that just any listener here in Waco, or maybe you're going to inspire somebody in another community that we don't know about any place else, hopefully in the country, what would you say is kind of a nugget of wisdom that you could, that somebody can do to really get out and serve the underserved? How does that manifest that? What's your advice to somebody? Because, you know, what would be great about this podcast, and this is the stories of real estate, that the legacy of generational wealth that I'm trying to get into, I mean, our conversation is right on brand for my podcast because I believe that real estate in the United States and how we acquire this legacy and generational wealth is really how you help people. I agree with you 100%. You do? Okay. Yes, sir. Good. That's yeah. good. So and what can people do who are listening to your voice to make a difference? So That's I a big question. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we can start small there because I think Great. starting small with just giving somebody the time of day to have the first conversation, whether they're ready to buy a home, a business, or anything. It, it could, could it be serving food in a, in a soup kitchen? Even it could be yeah. any of it. And could I think, I think yeah. some of us think volunteering um, is very specific, right? Like I don't think every human wants to go to a parade or wants to lend a hand painting a float or mm. wants to go to the town hall. Like I think we all have things that we're good at. Some a of calling, us are good at so to speak. right. Yeah. Some of us are good at being behind the computer and and explaining contracts. And so if that's what you're good at and you want to give a little bit of time, then do what you are good at and actually enjoy with the community, yeah. right? So go to your chamber and say, hey, would this be helpful? Or go to an organization that calls your name, that calls your your heart and say, "Does do these three things that I do well, could you use these? And most of the time they're gonna say yes. Am I good at Instagram? No, so as, if somebody else is, and I own a nonprofit, then if you can take an hour a week or an hour a month to help me with my Instagram postings, be, Oh, amazing because yeah. we're, we're, we're the reality is that most of these nonprofits most of these chambers are underserved they're they're volunteer organizations and they just need help and you know are you good at tying shoelaces okay well go do that for some shoes one one day a week you know if you don't want to work with people then figure out a way to to to, to not be around people <laughs> so your encouragement would be listen to your heart and go yep. and ask yep do you, that takes courage. It does. And, yeah. it, and it's not a comfortable feeling. No. It was not comfortable for me. Yeah. I, you know, my first. Which cracks me up because just, <laughs> I mean, nobody can see this for audio, but you don't come off as insecure sure, in this sure. space. But what's really funny is when I first moved here, I was. I think just oh, being in a new town, um, not knowing people, not feeling like I was like do I belong here? You know, do I even that in imposter syndrome where you feel like 
even if somebody asks you to speak about a subject, you're not sure that you should be the one speaking. Well, if somebody's asked you to do something, it's likely because they think that you can do it. Maybe yeah. you should give yourself the chance to do it. And if anything, let it flop. The first time that I spoke on a podcast, I was so terrible. I listened to it later and it was just like, you were so nervous. You couldn't get your words out. You forgot everything. And it's the same thing that happens anytime I talk in front of people. I get so nervous. I start shaking, put me in front of a crowd and it's bad. Put me in front of a party. We're good. And so, so be willing to fail, be willing to fail. And that's okay. And most people are here to cheer you on. And if I agree with you on that, and I think even if somebody's judging you then let them, that's their problem. Yes. That's their problem. And so I think if you want to just, I think it's just about making yourself available and telling people that you're here and actually showing up. That's like step two. Don't offer and then don't show up because we have another problem. I hope people who are hearing this are encouraged by you. I do because I really believe what you're saying, and and that's really kind of one of the reasons why I want to start doing this podcast is because, and who knows, you, but you know, but doing you starting a podcast, you're going to risk failing, and then people are recording what I'm saying, and if I say something stupid, eh, it's on me. Absolutely. But we're going to try, mm-hmm. and so I I hope people that hear your story uh, are encouraged because it's a, it's a great story. You started in Columbia. Yep. You have a mom who's a marine, a father who owns an eco resort in Columbia. Working in Dallas, and now you're just entrenched in what you're doing here in in Waco. And the reality is that there's so many ups and downs there, right? Like so many decisions changed, and so many friends lost, and so many friends gained, and like life is hard, and that's okay. Like we we got to be okay with that. And 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 you know there are some weeks where I say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just signed up to do all these things, and I'm exhausted, and we still have to get all this work done. And oh my gosh, I haven't sold a house in a month, and what are we going to do? And you know, there's there's all of everything's always happening at once, but it's like my, my mantra and my goal for this year was to, to, to try to do my best to do as much as I can. And also to learn how to say no when I don't have the time. Yeah. If you don't have the capacity, it's okay to say no. So I want to talk a little bit about real estate. You mentioned you had a really good month in October. Okay. You're aware nobody's having a good month in October. Correct. So, well, it, but you did. And by good, I say, I mean, we got some houses under contract. We're not like out of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, and I know that. And I think anybody who's a real estate agent listening knows that other people may not, but that's okay. Sure. So I'm going to guess here. I don't know how you market and how you run your business, but you started when rates were really low. Right. And now rates have doubled. Mm-hmm. And it's freaking everybody out. Absolutely. I, I'm not freaked out about it because I have a different perspective on it, but I don't want to get into my perspective. I'm more interested in what you're doing. I'm going to guess you're not doing the traditional marketing that most real estate agents are doing. Am I guessing correctly? I, I would say so. I think because um, of my background working with my fiance, a, as an investor, I think I've been, I, I came at it from a, from a kind of a backwards way. Most of my initial clients were investors uh-huh. because I knew the model. Um, but that actually taught me a lot more about real estate than I think I would have learned in the traditional residential model. However, in, in what way, what, what things were you learning that you think other people were not? So just like how to fix the house or, or, or what, what the things to look for as an investor would be. Cause it, you're coming at it from a flip perspective correct, or a a, flip not or a, a buy and hold, a buy and sell. Exactly. Okay. Or even a buy and hold perspective. How, okay. No matter what, when you're looking at a roof and knowing that it's going to cost your client 15 to 20 grand. And I know that, but somebody else might not. And I can give you that. When we're looking at a house, it makes every and I'm looking underneath cabinets to see what kind of pipes we're using because because I, I got slapped on the wrist one time because I never because I didn't look and I didn't know yeah. and I didn't take pictures and so now I just have a really I, I try to be as detailed as possible whether I'm with a buyer or a seller on just just the site it's like eagle eyes and I was taught that through investors um, 
There's so do you think that's helped you get or in, uh, help wrong word? Do you think that's insulated you a bit from, from the, I'll call it angst or this kind of negative energy around our market right now, just because you learned in a different perspective? Oh, and absolutely not. I mean, we go home sometimes and we are like, you know, let's hope that the world doesn't end. Yeah. <laughs> and we know yeah. it's not right. Yeah. But, and we know that there's ups and downs. Like the market is literally, that's, that's what we signed up for. Also this idea of, yeah, I was so excited to at my first two years. I mean, we were getting 21 offers on and $50,000 yeah. over, over for yeah. houses that didn't deserve this. By the way, so, that's coming back as soon as rates come down. I agree with you, it's which gonna... is why I keep telling buyers right now is actually a really great time. Do you know what we're doing You're for right. buyers now that we weren't doing before? Cause we were telling them absolutely not. This is as is now buyers are getting new systems in there. They're getting new gas lines. They're getting new ACs. They're getting okay. new roofs. I mean, it's, it's a great So what time. you don't know is I'm going to record that right there. <laughs> it, well, this is recording, but I'm going to snip it. Cause I tell everybody that cause, cause I'm hearing constantly people are saying, Oh, I'm waiting for interest rates to come down. I'm like, it's a terrible idea. All you're going to do is finance a lot more money at, at a smaller interest rate and pay what more. What are you actually saving? And yeah. then which people don't know all these nothing. other wonderful things that lenders do, which and the buying down of rates yep. and that there's, there's so many options here. And then right now, because we are looking for more buyers, it's a really, really wonderful time for you to come in and get more attention than normal and be treated a little bit differently than in a market when it's like it was two years ago. Yeah. It's just different right now. And it's really nice. And you're not in as big of a rush and you have time to go look because you're not going to buy a house that you have to put a contract on all crazy and not look at anything and not get an inspection. Like right. you actually have time to do all those things now and maybe ask for concessions. Yeah. Well, most of the contracts I'm seeing come across my desk have concessions and those are translating into buy downs. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's what's happening. And, and I'm telling people everything, what you just said is said, Hey, you know, you're getting concessions, you're getting a buy downs. And listen, you know, when, when I can get a seller, you know, to buy down a rate for my buyer. Mm -hmm. That's you know that's how many VA contracts cash. are going great right now yeah. and actually being accepted. And there's other programs for not VA buyers that are very similar to zero down. Yeah. And and not just that, the way that we can help you write contracts. That's the other really big thing that I tell people about our industry is even if you don't use me, just make sure you're using somebody so that you can actually make sure that you're writing this contract cor correctly and that you know what you're reading and signing because for whatever reason us in this world, we don't like to, you know, we're just signing stuff. <laughs> so Danielle, that, I have to tell you that perspective from a real estate agent's a little bit more unique than it is. Cause you know, I talk to real estate agents all day long, every day, and you have a little bit of a fresh perspective on that. And I, I think it's just cause of your, I mean, I don't know why it is obviously, but just all your involvement in the community, kind of this focus of what you're doing in the community is, is kind of symbiotic to your real estate. Absolutely. That's pretty unique. Well, I think it's I don't see everybody started, doing that, like the translating, you know, yeah. of, of, of contracts and how much I realized that people speaking Spanish or that English wasn't their main language. How many things were being signed without the true knowledge of what they were signing? Um, and I've seen it so much in our community where people think they own a house and they bought it owner finance and they didn't read it. And yeah. so 20 yeah. years later, they're trying to sell this home and they're upside down on it. Can do and it. we didn't know anything about this. And. Um, and it makes me sad for our community. It makes me sad that they didn't go to title. And, it, you know, there's all these things that if you're paying $100,000 for a home, go spend the extra 500 or 1000 to make sure that this is going to be yours. Yeah. Um, same with when your parent passes away. Make sure you go through the process of probate because it's yep. so important to get it under your name. We see a lot of houses, especially on the investment side, where people want to sell now and they're going to have to go through a four-month, six-month process of getting this actually put in their names. And they've got brothers and sisters who have never cared for the house. It's It just becomes so big the longer you wait 
and people, and that's part of the biggest thing that we're here for is like, we just want to put that knowledge out there and that it's not that difficult to do. And that there's people, not just me, other people that are willing to help. Absolutely. Yeah. So are you mostly doing um, Hispanic, uh, working with Hispanic speaking uh, buyers or does it, I mean, obviously you'll work with anybody. I'm not yeah. suggesting otherwise, but do you find yourself working mostly with Hispanic speaking buyers or it's, is it's, it just it's yeah. flip of the coin? It's absolutely um, who contacts me and, and what yeah. we need help doing. I certainly do receive phone calls as referrals for Spanish buyers sure. because people need help with that. And yep. so like, even I have friends in Dallas, I, I, I pay for a lot of different MLSs because I kind of work up and down the 35 yep. corridor. Yep. Um, I, do, so, I do the same. Exactly. Yeah. So I get phone calls from lots of agents because I offer, I'm like, let me just make sure that we're all communicating well so that this yeah. all goes well. I, I'd be happy to get paid 1% just to communicate contracts to somebody. It's the best and then, 1% And then I don't touch ever. anything. Yeah. It's the best 1% ever. Yeah, and, sure. and not just that, but then we're all feeling really good about this, right? Like, but same thing with lenders and and everybody should have somebody and not just Spanish, but somebody that can, or the wonderful thing now is we've got this awesome thing called Google translate Yeah, and, and it does really help. I mean, we do, um, we do small business leases and st stuff like that too. And we work, oh, interesting. there's a, um, there's a smaller, um, Asian American community here. Yep. Um, and th there's, it is more, I mean, obviously I don't know Filipino. I was just talking to a woman that wanted to, um, get her own restaurant. So I was helping her with her lease, but I asked her if she had somebody that could come to our meeting and help us translate. And we also then had a Google translate with us the entire time, just so that we both really truly understood each other. And at the end, she was so grateful. We all felt great signing a contract. Yep. And then she's also being helped the, the landlords being helped now because we all truly understand what we were signing. Yeah, it's good for everybody. And that candidly, though, that's the way real estate state's supposed to be done. I agree. It, 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 that's so important because the buyer and the sellers really need the professionals alongside them explaining the intricacies of the contracts. That's why we're here. It's, it's so important. Mm -hmm. It's so important. So um, if you look at your investment with your fiance and your residential, um, you know, primary residence type business, are you, are you literally just going interweaving every day? Put literally, I just kind of have this image of you going through your day with like 16 different hats going, just putting them on your head. Do I have this right? I, I think that's how you have it right. And, yeah. he, and he even tells me sometimes like, hey, we got to, and I've, I've struggled sometimes just with, Hey, you got to focus on your real estate business, right? Um, and, but do you? And but do you? But do you? It's a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, and I think, and I think I'm learning that balance. Um, I think I'm learning how to integrate and how that, as realtors, sometimes, like, as a human, I have a difficult time pitching myself. And so, if you're out in the community, right, you there's no shame in saying, "I am a realtor. Here's my card. Let me help you." Yeah. And that's something that you know, it's this goal of anytime you're out, make sure people know what you do. Make sure yeah. you know, and make sure people know the things that you're a part of, so that you can be inviting them to events. I mean, every single one of my clients, past and present, gets invited to everything that I do and and that I help with in the community because I want them to go and celebrate their community. Yeah. So I, as well, should be able to talk to the community that I'm helping and say, hey, I have a business and I'd love to help you. And if you see how I work with you guys here, then imagine how I could do it as my actual job. So where do you think this is all going? You've got, you're on all these boards, uh, you running an investment business, uh, which I just, I'm thinking. And it's, I'm not running it. You know, I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, but you, it's your fiance. So I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you stay in that illusion. And, you know, I get it. I get what you're saying. But do you think your husband will ever get licensed or is he really in that in that niche unlicensed? He, do, he wants to stay away from he, the regulation. Yeah. And he's an investor at heart. He yeah. he ran a mastermind. I mean, he knows yeah. his very specific niche. Um, and that's why I got my real estate license. Yeah, like yeah. We were like, hey, 
because he doesn't want to do the regulated transactions. No, no, yeah. and he. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm one of the only realtors. I mean, other realtors work with him on on other transactions, but I truly am our in-house realtor. I'm the one that communicates with all of our Spanish speakers, yep. Yep. and then I'm also kind of I, I work as the half of the face of the company. So um, he the is, company that you're not running. <laughs> okay, all right. The company I'm helping. Yeah, I'm okay, helping I'm with you. I'm um, tracking you. But yeah, but I think. Um, I would say that we've done a good job at integrating, and I and and I think my goal in the next I would say five years is to make sure that like my own business, right, that my Danny sells Texas, my Turner Brothers brokerage, um, that 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 I'm seeing that grow. Like the more I'm learning about real estate, it, I love knowledge, and so I think I'll likely get my broker's license mm -hmm. as soon as I can. Yep. And and for me, that's again just for knowledge. Um, I'd like to start teaching. We're already kind of doing that um, yep. uh, to an extent, but we're we're hoping to host more first time home buyer classes and things like that. I think, again, those are, you're hitting two birds with one stone, yep. helping the community and. I actually did the same thing. I just yeah. got licensed in Texas and Colorado to do continuing education classes. Wonderful. So it, my, my kind of bent is, um, I, I think, self-employed borrowers, investors, and I'm talking commercial, uh, excuse me, residential investors, I think they're underserved. So I, I'm literally trying to connect with agents so I can teach continuing education because these are underserved markets. I agree. And, and, and especially somewhere like Waco, I think there's a lot of opportunity right. for any of this because yeah. people are hungry for information. Um, yeah. And a lot of our firms here are boutique firms. So we really do as brokers, as real estate agents, we have to go make the education happen. Waco is the most boutique -y place I on the, it. isn't it cool? Yes, I love it so much. It is, it is the cool, it, Waco has got all these gems in it. I agree. And it's just a, it's a great community. I agree. So you're going to build this brokerage. That's your, your plan here. Yeah. Help build what's given to me. Right. And, yeah. um, and continue to learn as far as, I mean, I, I, I get the pleasure of being a part of the, one of the biggest developers in town. They kind of smelled what was going to happen in downtown before yep. it happened. Yep. Um, and, and now they've, they're doing the same thing in temple and in other places. Yeah. And so I'm learning about co this commercial world, which I only knew downtown's about. a different place than it was three years ago. I mean, isn't it? People didn't used to, when I started coming here, right. five, six, seven, we've been together seven years, right. um, seven years ago, downtown was not what it is now. Like you could park anywhere. Now you can't. Right. And yeah. not just that, the safety, all of the hotels we're seeing, I mean, yeah. it's coming and we're on this precipice of growth like you're watching it happen from dallas yep. from austin from houston yep. and we're right smack dab in the middle of it yeah i agree with you so so um as we wrap up here um uh i'm i always like to end with this question uh if you had one piece of wisdom and i'll make it a longer question because that's where i'm going to end so <laughs> give you a chance because i keep asking this to people and they say mike you're putting me on the spot like well that's the whole point i want to put you on the spot sure. but if you had one piece of wisdom for buyers, sellers, y y the communities you're serving, you're in, just, it, it can be anything. I love asking this question because you get so many different answers to it. But one kind of, from what you've learned from a wonderful kind of childhood coming from Columbia, you still have ties to Columbia and your mom, uh, I love the Marines, so I'm going to keep giving shout outs to the Marines. You know, your mom's it. a Marine and now you're doing... So one of the things that you see in real estate, if you go read real estate agents or lenders' web pages, they're all going to say the same thing. I love people. I love working with people. And I kind of want to say, okay, prove it. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, you are. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're in. Best, yeah, yes. you're in. So what is that one, you know, that one piece of wisdom from what you've learned over the last few years that you'd give somebody? Yeah, I think let's just call it just uh, for buyers and sellers, I would say it's and I think it's find a mentor. 
right? This is for anybody. Mm, yeah. and, and by mentor, I just mean somebody that knows things a little bit more than you do in whatever capacity that you need to help for with in that moment, right? And so I didn't do that for a really long time. And, as, and, I, and I got really lucky with a lot of really wonderful bosses. Um, I don't think that I would be where I am now without having people had be, believing in me in the first place more yep. than I believed in myself. And I think that we as humans forget that there's people that want to believe in us, but we also have to believe in ourselves yep. and give ourselves the, the, the time, the studying that, you know, not go out tonight in order to pass this test tomorrow. Um, the, maybe this friend isn't the healthiest for me. I mean, I think mental health and making sure that you're surrounding yourself. I've, I've heard this thing that it's, you are the five people that you surround yourself with and that oh, you spend the most time yeah, with. And I, like that. and I think that's very true. And I've been at the positive end and at the negative end of that. So to me, it's really, you have to have people that, that you love, that love you, that support you. And then you have to find people that are outside your, sp your space that can teach you and support you as well That's that wonderful. you can then support back. And I think when you have, when you have that symbiosis, I think you really, really have a higher trajectory yeah. of, of growth at that yeah. point. I, it's wonderful. That's great wisdom. So if people want to find you, how do you want to be found? <laughs> well, Give me your contact information. Yeah, um, yeah. My website is dannysellstexas.com. And how do you spell Danny? So D-A-N-I-S-E-L-L-S.com. Okay. Sells Texas. So the whole word spelled out. And then um, you can find me just online. If you just Google me, you should be able to find my business there, my, my phone number to, to, to contact me on. You can email me anytime at Daniela, D-A-N-I-E-L-A, at T-B-R-E, Texas, spelled out, dot com. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for, for sharing your afternoon with me. Thank you, Mike. And here's my question. So uh, if we invite you back in a few months, can we get an update on what's going on with these boards you're serving on and, and what you're doing in the community? And, and we'd love to hear how that's going and then what resources are needed. Um, and um, it can pe if people want to support the boards you're working on, I assume they can contact you as well. 100%. See how they can get involved. One of those things so. that I was saying is if you're interested, go ahead and reach out. And yeah. that's to anyone. And so if today something that I said kind of piques your interest, I'm available. I meet with people all of the time. Yeah. And I, I, I would be happy to connect people with any of the boards or not any of the boards, yeah. any of the nonprofits that I work with and and. In, in town. Well, that's wonderful. You're you're just you're going to inspire somebody. I hope somebody hears this and gets inspired by and and starts, you know, working in the communities. I sure hope so. We All need right. we need help. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time, and we will talk to you in a few months. Thank you, Mike. All right, bless you. Thanks for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate, and a big thank you as always to Rogue Media Network and their support of this podcast. They're so appreciated. My name is Mike Nelson. I'm the CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage company located in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. You can reach us at YouTube at Efficient Lending or on Facebook at Efficient Lending. And of course, I always love a phone call at 720-419-3016. Email works as well at mike at efficientlending.net. Efficient Lending Incorporated, NMLS 1876539. And my individual NMLS number is 1314188. As always, thanks for listening to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And we look forward to connecting with you again on a future episode. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.